save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Good morning, Wrestling Welcome back to another edition of the Winkly. It is me, your managing editor, Nick Hausman, back in the saddle this Wednesday with my partner in crime, Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to the Winkly. Good day, Nicholas. Good day. Yes, what a wonderful day here. It is uh, a wonderful six degrees in Chicago, Illinois. Is it wonderful over there, uh, Pittsburgh area as well? Well, not quite as wonderful, but it's on that on that same same borderline. Oh, well, uh, before we could go in here today, uh, I did want to send out our condolences to the family and friends of Pedro Morales. Uh, a big loss for the wrestling community yesterday. Lots of folks uh, pouring in with uh, their condolences as well online. Uh, Morales was the first ever WWE Triple Crown champion. He held the world title, the IC title, and the tag title. He was inducted in the Hall of Fame in 1995. He was the first ever Latino WWE champion, and he held the title for a top five all-time record of 1,027 days. Uh, big loss, Justin. Any thoughts on the uh, the loss of Pedro Morales to, to start the show off here today? Well, obviously sad news, uh, losing him. Um, but it, uh, I guess somebody who is not often, not enough, I should say, in conversations when we reminisce um, just based upon the time period of when, of when his heightened popularity was, but when right. we really stop and look at his contributions uh, to the business and, and and where he stands in the record books, it's it's quite it's quite stunning. So it's unfortunate that it takes uh, his passing um, to have those conversations be as widespread as they were in the last day. But uh, still, good that he's being remembered and recognized so so fondly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so again, we send out our condolences, and please feel free to to leave yours online as well. And with that, we're going to get to the news here for the last twenty four hours. Uh, later on in the show, I do have an exclusive interview. Uh, with MLW Tag Team Champion and uh, one half of New Japan's Killer Elite Squad, Davey Boy Smith Jr. That's right, the former Harry Smith. D.H. Smith is going to be here. Uh, we talked for well over half an hour. Great catching up with Harry. Um, I think you guys are going to like this one a lot. And yesterday on the show, I teased that we were going to have a big interview on Thursday to wrap the week up. 
I couldn't give it away because I hadn't recorded it yet, but I did record it yesterday afternoon. So tomorrow on the show, you are going to hear an exclusive interview with the first producer for AEW. Billy Gunn will be here tomorrow, Justin. Two big interviews. Great way to end the week. I love Billy Gunn. He's a uh, uh, tremendous talent in tremendous shape uh, for his age. Uh, so I've, I've said I said right off the bat after the rally in Jacksonville, uh, he's a uh, uh, he, he's top of the list if you're looking for you know just find your first you know producer to work backstage and, and help contribute to the layout of matches and creative. He's a great kid. Absolutely. So yeah, Harry uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr. today, Billy Gunn tomorrow, and of course if you're going to be in the Houston area this Sunday for elim- for Elimination Chamber. We have a pre-elimination chamber meetup happening at the St. Arnold's Brewery. It's going to be hosted by our own The Two-Face Podcast, Kelsey and Paul. They did a great job putting this together. The event starts at 2.30. Their live podcast is going to go live at 3. There'll be games, prizes, beer, wrestling talk. I can't put this over enough. If you're in the Houston area, absolutely go check this out. St. Arnold's Brewery this Sunday. Uh, And uh, let's get to it here. Time for the news. News you can use. News that will leave a bruise. We'll start it off here with Batista, Justin. Uh, So two big stories about Batista yesterday. First, uh, PWInsider.com reporting that Batista reportedly met with WWE officials last Thursday. And then Chris Jericho posted an Instagram photo with him and and Batista meeting just yesterday. Of course, Chris is now uh, aligned with AEW. So, uh, Justin, you look at these two conflicting stories. What do you glean from them? Well, I glean that uh, Batista uh, is a smart businessman, and he knows that the uh, this is picking time. Um, obviously, he was already on the WWE and WWE fans or universe rather's radar since the Evolution uh, segment back in October. You know, it's kind of like okay, maybe they bring him back for a Mania match. You know, um, but then now you have the uh, you know the, the new player in town in AEW that's making making moves and. You know, Batista has the leverage, not only the leverage of pinning AEW versus WWE and, you know, WWE wanting to hold on to, you know, even though Batista's, you know, a guy who's been part of the WWE family, but he's not around regularly, he's still kind of part of, you know, he's still part of the family, so to speak, or he has been. Um, so, you know, if WWE's thinking, oh, wow, AEW might take this guy, you know, it's not just this guy, but Batista has the leverage that he is, you know, he, he's touching a lot of gold in Hollywood right now. So, again, when you're talking about AEW, something new um, trying to make an impression, trying to grab people's attention, trying to prove that they have credibility to 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 the audience. Um, you know, Batista's not Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Um, he's not quite John Cena, but he still has a lot of mainstream stock right now. So um, I, I, I don't think it's an accident that these two stories and pictures are surfacing at the same time. I think Batista knows what he's doing, and uh, I guess props to him. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, and if I'm WWE, and I met with him last Thursday, and I don't know how that meeting went, right? I mean, we've heard all kinds of reports about, you know, un- unrest with Batista, how he was unhappy with previous bookings, but met with him Thursday. But if you're waking up and you're Tuesday morning looking at a photo of Chris Jericho and Batista, I got to think you're scratching your head. I, I don't know. That that was an interesting move on his part to put it out like uh, like that. Obviously, there's no deal done yet. And with Batista, you know, having the stock that he does – as you say, being known as, as more of a WWE guy, this is the kind of stuff that really smacks of what happened during the Monday Night Wars to me, is you take a guy like Batista, who was just so synonymous with one brand there, and you give him a chance to give him a new coat of paint. You know, I, I think back to his Evolution segment on SmackDown, um, where he just seemed much more casual, much more at ease than he had ever appeared in a WWE ring before. And I wonder, you know, is there a way that he wants to be presented? Is there an authentic Dave 
Bautista that he feels that he's never been able to present in WWE. And I think that's probably going to be the biggest draw for him if he does, you know, make the choice to go to AEW. For sure. I, I mean, you know, he, he, he built his name in WWE as being this, you know, this, this, this machine that was, you know, that was Batista. Um, and then, you know, his, his return and, and brief run uh, surrounding the Rumble here in 2014 here in Pittsburgh and, and, and WrestleMania 30 with Daniel Bryan. Um, not by the plan of WWE, but they just kind of had to accept it, which was, okay, this guy's, you know, this guy's just getting booed because he, you know, he's the manufactured guy WWE wants to push and fans wanted Dana Bryan. So it's like, I, I'm sure Batista probably does feel that, hey, look, you know, this, I never really have got to be the truest form of myself. Um, and maybe WWE doesn't want him to be the truest form. Maybe, maybe Vince says, you know, this, you know, Hollywood Dave Batista's not, not the monster that I want to promote. And maybe that's where the disconnect is. Maybe, maybe Dave Batista feels, Hey, maybe I have some creative freedom to show a new side of me potentially with this new, this new shiny, you know, toy that is AEW. And maybe that's a uh, drawing factor. I don't know. I'm only speculating, but I think there's definitely something to how he's going to be presented and, and, and how much control he would have over that. And speculate away because, uh, you know, as we're talking about this year, I'm reminded as well about Kenny Omega when he, con- when he uh, was uh, commenting on his contract status to Dave Meltzer in that interview last week, he was talking about how he's got all these freedoms now, and one of the things that he said he really wants to do is try to break into acting, you know? And Cody Rhodes, of course, friends with uh, um, uh, Stephen Amell. He's done the Arrow thing. He's, he's obviously trying to break out in Hollywood on his own. I don't... I mean, I could see having Batista in the ranks there could be more valuable to that crew than just something that you could be getting out in the ring. I mean, maybe he, maybe there's maybe there's bigger plans here for AEW than just doing wrestling shows. I mean, it certainly sounded like that from the way that Kenny was talking last week. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I mean, yeah, I, I think obviously AEW, they, they realize, okay, like their, you know, their primary mode right now of transportation is going to be what we know as is pro wrestling, you know, where this main stage is, is this 20 by 20 uh, four-sided ring or 18 by 18, depending on what they want to go with. Uh, but obviously the goal is ultimately is to have your talent, not just be pro wrestlers, but for them to be figures in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. If they could get a guy like uh, Batista, who's, you know, worked on some major Hollywood films and is going to continue doing so. Um, yeah, that's that's a whole other line of of, of of contacts in the Rolodex that could be of value as they, you know, as AEW grows and we find out, okay, what's AEW's version of WrestleMania going to be every year? You know, and okay, now they want to try to have celebrities at it. I mean, you know, there's so many factors. I mean, um, yeah, th- this is a this is a really deep story when you dig into it in terms of j- j- just and and all and all we know at the moment is what PW insiders reporting, which is he's talking to WWE, which is no real surprise. And then obviously the picture that surfaced, that's all we know. But when you really start to dig into all the layers to it, it's, um, it's another big, big round of, of, of dealings that, that is going to, we assume going to continue as AEW and WWE get prepared to square up for what might be uh, a new war. What an interesting, what an interesting time for WWE here, because it does feel like in many ways, you know, every day we come back and we talk about these different stories. It's like a hens coming home to roost type deal. You know, this is, this is something that they've, you know, had a lot of people over the years that were unhappy that would have left. I think if they'd have the opportunity would have tried something different, but never have. And now there's an actual opportunity there. And you look at what the WWE is doing on TV right now, and they do seem to be rewarding a lot of the guys that have had unrest. I mean, outside of Dean Ambrose, but they haven't even pulled Dean Ambrose off TV. That guy's still out there doing whatever he wants on Monday nights. You know, Daniel Bryan's got his hemp belt. The Revival's got the tag titles. I, I, a very interesting situation right now that McMahons are in 
in the, in the company as a whole when it comes to you know trying to keep talent happy and not lose them at the moment? Well, it's the first time they've been in the situation because even when they were faced with um, such opposition from WCW, the last real legitimate uh, consistent threat to them, it was a different ball game. Yeah, you know they were they were a privately owned company, mm-hmm. um, so it was just what the McMahons wanted, and they were um, you know the, the, their content was different, obviously you know, more you know, edgier, and and their distribution was different, and. Um, I, I don't want to say their goals were different because even if you go back in the '90s, especially like when you watch Beyond and that and things like that, you know, Vince even hinted then about you know wanting to get into movies and and, and the way they tell stories. So you know, maybe their goals were always similar, but but the dyna- but but the but the but the parameters, the, the the boundaries are different. You know, since they've been a publicly traded company, since they've you know added WWE Studios, since they've added all the different elements they have now that we all talk about plays that oh they have to push this guy because he's going to be in a new movie and well, you know. Since since the, the landscape has changed for them, and they've gotten to use these, or they 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 use these different elements to help um, fuel their des- decision making for better or worse, they've never had serious opposition to where you know if, if fan unrest grows so heavy because of these decisions they're making, well, okay, it's going to grow unrest, but they're the game in town. Or if the talent locker room gets sour, well, okay, well, good luck going to try, you know, good luck trying to make the same money in, in TNA. Uh, but now, you know, you know, and again, AEW's only had one show, but they seem to be doing a lot of things right on paper, at least. And so now that, that this puts WWE in a whole new position, they've never been in the position uh, as a public company with all the things I just outlined, having to then deal with, well, okay, what's the repercussions if we make this decision and these people, fans or talent are unhappy, what's the repercussion going to be? And, and I may be looking at this through rose-colored glasses right now, but looking back and listening to you talk, like I, I recall quite a few interviews from like the Monday Night Wars uh, DVDs and such, where it seemed like the WWE crew was more unified against a common enemy, right? Like they all felt like you know Mick Foley's talked about how felt like they were trying to take food off his family's plate. You know, I've heard Pat Patterson, you know, talk about how they were gonna win this fight. You know, they were all in it together. And Eric Bischoff, such a you know, and the way he ran WCW was such a you know, uh, codifying kind of, uh, e- it felt like an evil force the way that they talk about it at the time, the way things that were being done. Uh, it's kind of interesting now to see that the tides turn a little bit, you know, now I, I feel like that energy that WWF had kind of in that nineties era may have shifted to AEW. And, uh, I don't want to say, well, I don't know. I mean, there are comparisons to be made about the way WWE's booking their product right now in WCW, honestly, you know? Well, the difference in dynamic is I think that you look back hindsight 2020 you look back the wwf crew was very united uh because i think you know it was primarily a lot of the previous generation the old guys who you know the hogans and so you know it was a lot of guys who maybe um you know were hogging a spot or or what have you roddy pipe you know all these people that that, that wcw you know uh built off of uh you know from 96 to 98 at their peak so I think it kind of felt like it was like the young movement generation. You know, it was it was the new generation. It, it was it was all the guys, you know, um, getting the chance now to be discovered to get TV time because they were you know because older guys had left. That's not really the dynamic now today in WWE. It's it's it's, it's that that's not the case. I mean, so you know, eventually, maybe after <clears throat> excuse me, maybe after a year or two, if this is a true competitive war. The WWE, and I would hope for their sake, the WWE crew, talent, and everybody else will unify and say, "Look, we got a serious threat here, and if we want to remain top dog, we need to, you know, rah rah rah, get the troops going." And maybe that'll happen. But right now, 
Um, while it's everybody's looking over their shoulder, you know, hey, what's your contract status? Hey, have they called you? Hey, how happy or unhappy are you? You know, it, it, it's, it's a time of unrest for sure in WWE. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I still think NXT is their bullet in the gun. I think if, if AEW does get some kind of uh, platform that's not on a, a night that is Raw or SmackDown right now, I still think that a, I think NXT is the, is the show they put it up against. So anyway, we'll move off this. We got, we got a lot to get here, here uh, still today. Uh, interesting, though, as we talk about the Attitude Era, of course, Chris Jericho, such a central figure there in the WCW, WF days. And yet here he is, smack dab in the middle, Instagram photo with Batista, AEW's Chris Jericho, raising hell. I love it. Um, Sasha Banks, WWE, has announced that she is re-aggravated her shoulder she did that on monday night raw it appears that that story is uh, is part of a storyline because uh, dave Meltzer of the wrestling observer is reporting that as of tuesday sasha banks has been officially cleared this is most likely why on monday night raw they did the bit where she was taken out again early in the match with bailey and of course that led to uh, them losing because she was still uh, partially injured there I, I, this is weird though just i mean like we don't need to dwell on it but just a little odd that they would even do this i mean they're so protective of talent these days even if she's like a little bit injured, you know, that's still weird to say. You're still injured. You can't be a little bit injured, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, uh, and especially with her, I mean, uh, I know there's, you know, I know there's been the reports over the years. I'm not sure how true they are, but it's it just, you know, she's had some injury problems, uh, or at least been banged up. And, you know, there's been chatter of, you know, is that something that's uh, hindered her not being pushed uh, more aggressively? So I, I don't know. Yeah, this is, this is odd. This is, this is, unusual to their handling of, of injuries and, and storylines yeah uh well uh let's take a look at last night there were a couple news bits coming out of smackdown live uh of course uh very unfortunate bit of news mustafa ali has been pulled from the elimination chamber due to concussion um you know he he gave the video about how you know it's sad when the body gives out before the heart can uh very bad t- i mean i mean there's not much more to say very bad timing this guy's got it all going right now were you now, I, before I get to the replacement here in Kofi, and we can talk about Kofi over a second, but I would think that, I mean, and I don't know, but that kick from the face to, that kick to the face from Orton, I would think would be enough to, to give you a concussion that would, would hurt you that bad, right? I don't know, I don't know that he kept working after that. Yeah, um, well, so, like, he got kicked by Orton, but then the actual, then he got injured again, what, at a house show on, like, the Sunday after that? that oh, was that happened? what it was? Like, I didn't, yeah, I didn't see the, the line of thought, <sighs> so, yeah, I mean, but dude was working hurt. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So my understanding, he you know, he had some nagging injuries leading up to that, but obviously, you know, wanted to tough through it. Didn't want to you know, didn't want to sit on the bench while he's getting this great push. Um, gets the kick from Orton, which leaves him with Shiner. Right. But then, then five days later, I think he was working a live event on a Sunday, and that's where he had another injury that that happened. Oh. They finally just said, "All right, look, you know, this is we got to stop this now before you." You, you permanently hurt yourself, and, and that's kind of what what is that? So, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you can only hope that. Um, whenever he's cleared to go again, <clears throat> whatever that is, that they're, they're that they're willing to pick back up and that this doesn't move him to the back of the line. I, I thought the same thing, right? I mean, this is this is never good when you get a fresh start here and within a month or so you go down with an injury. That's kind of, I mean, the, it stalled Finn Balor, remember? I mean, he went down with injury just after winning the Universal title. Never really got back to that point again. Still hasn't gotten back to that point. I mean, it, Yeah, it, and, it, and it probably doesn't help when you... It probably doesn't help when your style, when, you know, when you make your name on your style being a little bit more risk, risky. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, all right, well, <clears throat> you know, can can we can you keep up this style and be what we promote you around? But can you do it and us have, you know, assurance that you're not going to be dealing with this every six months? Yeah. You know? uh, uh, well, Ali is out. Uh, we will keep an eye on when he's coming back. But Kofi Kingston 
is the man to take his place at the Elimination Chamber. And he put on, I, I mean, it has to be considered Kofi Kingston's greatest WWE performance last night on SmackDown Live. Am I wrong? No, I mean, you know, aside from the the aside from the one-offs of the Royal Rumbles where he always does the elimination spot, um, yeah, from a match standpoint, I mean, over an hour long, um, and not just an hour long, but against the, the the opponents it was against and what it was for stipulation-wise, yeah, this this has to be, and this is this is exciting because we've talked about this before. Obviously, you know, he's a a last-minute replacement, but it's exciting that it was him, a because he's in phenomenal shape and he is a phenomenal performer. Um, but also we've talked about, you know, you don't have to break the new day up, but if you could start to give some singular focus on each of them and let them have their own storylines while still being united under the the brand of the new day, that's that, that's probably good for them. I mean, they've been a tag team or a trio for so long working tag team and six man tag matches. It's, it's probably time to, to mix it up. So this uh, maybe is a sign of that happening. You know, they they did a lot here, right? Not only did he go an hour, but he also, I mean, he pinned WWE champion Daniel Bryan here. I mean, huge moment for him in his career just for that to happen. But, you know, Ali did the same thing. Ali pinned Daniel Bryan in a non I mean, this was, you know, more or less a one-on-one here to, to start the gauntlet match off. But Ali had a pin, pin over uh, Daniel Bryan in a tag match before. And the way they, they went out of their way to shine up Kofi Kingston like they did on Tuesday night, to have him beat the world champion, I mean... You and I obviously have entertained the idea of them moving the, the, the ball forward further with Mustafa Ali. I mean, how far do you think they take this with Kofi? I mean, I would be remiss if I did not point out the emphasis they have put on Black History Month this month. Um, could you see a Kofi Kingston-like um, elimination chamber to Fastlane kind of world title run before Brian takes the, the belt back? Uh. I don't see that. Um, if we're being realistic, I don't. I, I don't see that. Um, I don't. If Brian's going to Mania as their champion, I don't see them interrupting that between now and April seventh. Uh, um, but you know, if, if if he walked through that curtain, and um, I don't know if Vince was at SmackDown yesterday or not, but if he walked through that curtain and eventually heard from Vince that like, you know, Vince was impressed, and and why and who wouldn't be impressed? I mean, that you know, who knows? Who knows what? You know, who knows what that could do for his standing for WrestleMania? Maybe, maybe it's like, hey, maybe, maybe we, maybe, you know, maybe if we do a, a maybe we move Kofi into a, a higher spot than we had otherwise planned. Um, I mean, it, so it, I mean, it certainly, it certainly seemed to me they were using him to, I mean, not just fill the Ali spot, but the Ali booking. You know, even yeah. the even the size. I mean, it's like why pick him? The the new day members same size as Ali. I mean, you can kind of tell the same stories with this guy. You know, worked his ass. You know, worked his ass off to get where he's been. He's you know, uh, I'll say perha- perhaps it's a be- perhaps it's a better story. I mean, obviously Ali is a cool story. You know, basically getting promoted, uh, basically from two hundred five live to, to 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 SmackDown. But you know, Kofi's a guy. Kofi's a veteran. I mean, Kofi's if you look at the roster, Kofi's right up there tied for the longest tenure of an active performer. So potentially an even better story that here's this guy who has been around longevity. You know. Um, and 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 now he's finally maybe getting a shot. So you could argue it's an even, even better story to tell here than Mustafa Ali. Man, I, f- I felt some magic there when he was getting an AJ Styles face there at the you know at, towards the end of the bout. I thought there was I was like this is yes, this, the Kofi yes, yeah. right? I was like yeah, this uh, this is the Kofi Kingston I've been waiting for. You know? Yeah, yeah. Even when New Day even when New Days had their heel runs, um, 
you don't see that kind of you, you don't see that kind of fire. So that was really good to see that side of Kofi Kingston. Yeah, I agree. And that's the thing is, you know, I, I as soon as I saw what happened with Ali, I was like, maybe they're going further with this guy. I mean, I'm looking at what they're doing with Kofi right now. I, I don't know, man. I'm not. I, I, it also plays into my mind that I have no idea where they're going with Daniel Bryan into WrestleMania right now. I don't know who the opponent is. I don't know exactly what the booking is. I mean, it kind of feels maybe like a multi-man match type deal, but it could be anything. I don't know where they're going with this guy. Well, if, um, you know, if it, if it seems like we, we've discussed, it seems like Brian's had some influence here, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, that he wants, you know, he, we, we talked about obviously him him working with Mustafa Ali. We talked about how he went out and said that he'd like to work with Grand Metal League. And, you know, if Brian does have some influence and if the other world title matches, it was a one-on-one with Brock and, uh, and, and, and Seth. I mean, maybe Brian has enough pull to say, look, I, you know, we'll be the opening match as one of the world title matches sometimes is. We'll be the opening match. Let me do a fatal four way and give me three guys that we can, that I can help give a rub to that'll help this bit, that'll help us out company wise to, to up their stock. I can put on a hell of a performance with and whether, whether Brian holds on the title or not. I mean, so maybe, maybe he says, give me a Kofi, you know, give me a, Samoa Joe, give me AJ. Like, maybe he maybe he says, give me a couple guys where I can help help multiple people in, in one in one fell swoop. Yeah, uh, and and that's why I say this. I don't know if Daniel Bryan has got a significant uh, amount of creative input here. I know he loves Kofi Kingston, and I know he would do anything to help him get him over, just like you know he did for Mustafa Ali. So I just wonder how far they push the ball down the field with this guy. I definitely got a good vibe from the way they handled Kofi on on Tuesday night. Um, also coming out of Tuesday night last night, uh, Randy Orton won the gauntlet match. He's going to enter the men's chamber last. I knew, <laughs> I did know where this was going, right? I mean, how could you not know that Orton was going to win this with an RKO with a minute left to go on the show, right? Yeah, the time, the timing really, uh, the timing really was. I kept looking at the clock and I'm like, I'm like, there's no overrun on SmackDown. Like, what the hell? Yeah. So, and, yeah. and then as the, as the as the camera got uh, as the camera had the had the close up on AJ and you know it's that close up of so we can get the out of nowhere effect. I'm like, oh here we go. I, I didn't know if AJ was gonna beat Kofi or not, but I knew whoever came out of that was gonna real quickly get dropped with an RKO there. I mean, it just seemed seemed uh seemed right. And you know, Orton, it, it's always fun to see those RKOs out of nowhere. I thought it was a nice end to SmackDown. Um and also I thought I thought, I thought it would have been better if, if Kofi beat AJ and then that one final RKO is what does it. Especially because if you talk about Kofi and his WWE history, the single suit that I think people always talk about is a single suit he had uh, like 10 years ago with, with Randy. So I thought that would have been a fun little. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. It would have been cool to, to see Kofi beat AJ too, but I mean, the dude went over an hour. It was a convincing loss to AJ. You know, sure. he already beat Joe, Jeff Hardy and Daniel Bryan. I mean, shine, shine, shine. I, I'm not going to slice hairs here about AJ picking up the, the cap crush finisher there at the very end, you know? Sure. Uh, um, I'm sure what I just said there made sense to 80% of our audience. I apologize if it didn't to everyone else. Uh, Randy Orton, uh, let's see, he won the gauntlet. And then, of course, uh, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville lost their tag, triple threat tag match. They'll be starting the women's chamber first against Bailey and Sasha Bank- Banks, who lost their women's triple threat tag match on Monday Night Raw. Mandy Rose was pinned here by Naomi, uh, which is a continuation of... The- These two have been feuding for a solid two months now. And the fans still seem like genuinely into it. Mandy's still getting heat off of it. I like watching these two to work together. Um, yeah, she, yeah, she gets heat. Naomi gets pop. You, you bring husbands into it. You bring real life people into it. It's yeah, easy story to tell. Yeah, and you know, that's right. They brought uh, Jimmy into it with Miz in the, the McMiz TV segment as well. I, you know, I got to think that this is all going to play out on Total Divas Season 9. 
Uh, this brings me into our Total Divas block, uh, which we're going to do before we get to the other news. I'm very excited about this. So I think one of the reasons Mandy got pinned here by Naomi is going to be a storyline uh, that will play out on Total Divas. I think this could be an arcing storyline for next season. But also on uh, Lillian Garcia's podcast, Sonny Deville uh, re- revealed she's going to be joining Total Divas Season 9, which is great. I'm very interested to see what she'll be doing in that space. I think because of that, Mandy and Sonya uh, will will probably win the women's chamber match. They're my pick now. I still haven't I still haven't come to terms with who I'm going to pick yet. I'll probably do that Sunday morning um, for this women's chamber. And I talked about last week. I'm <clears throat> not as psyched for it as I, as I wish I was. But um, but, yeah, no, but 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 to your to your logic, um, I think you got a I think you got a valid point there. Yeah, make a great moment on Total Divas, Mandy and Sonya. You know, it's Sonya's first season on the show. She gets to hold the title. They can go through all the drama of did I get pushed too fast or do I deserve this kind of stuff. And also, then you've got heel tag champs on top to start, and that's that's never a bad thing. So I've convinced myself, Mandy Sonya. Uh, also, uh, man, two two more Total Divas notes. I'll I'll do the nice one first, and I'll do the bad one second. The, the nice one is. Daniel Bryan revealed on Total Divas this past week that his new WWE contract is going to be for three years. It was signed in September 2018. So this guy, you know, and if you watch the show, he seems happy with what he's doing right now. I mean, I think we're going to see great work here for Daniel for the next couple of years. Um, so he seems very content. Um, but also in the world of Total Divas, Lillian Garcia on her podcast was interviewing Lana. And she said that her and Rusev, they got dropped from Total Divas because they were quote unquote hated. By the e-demo, they were told by executives. Now, Justin, I know you were just upset as I was about this. Now, what are your thoughts about Lana and Rusev being told you are not liked by our crowd? Uh, well, it, it, you know, it, it's kind of ridiculous because, uh, you know, again, it's a reality show. You know, if anybody's ever been around reality shows, you know, it, it's, it's no different than a scripted show that just happens to be set in real places. It's not it's being done on a soundstage. E E has total control over how they want everybody on the show to come off. And I talked to Lana this week, and I can just say that she's on the same page here, and she she could obviously tell way more detail about her own obviously personal experience. E has total control, so you know for that to be the you know for that to be the reasoning that they say, it, it, it makes them look like it. It makes them look like idiots. Um, but you know, it, it, it's weird. You know, you have you have. Rusev and Lana go over his baby faces. You know, Vince wants him to be heel. Okay, now we turn him to heel. Um, it, it, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's just baffling to me to have two performers who, no, Lana's not the best wrestler, um, but she's very entertaining and people people gravitate to her. That, that, that's proven by the fact that she's not the best wrestler, but look at you know, the Lana chants and the Lana merch. And then you know, Rusev, here's a guy who, yeah, he can play the, the foreign man heel. We did that whole thing, but he's also got a whole lot of other potential which we've seen glimpses of but wwe continues to want to go back down to a different vision it's just like you know how do you knock it out of your own way after so many times i i think i'm, I'm with you i think they they screwed up here lana and rusev are very entertaining i mean my girlfriend and i watch total divas and total bellas and they're our favorite part of one of our favorite parts of the show but at the same time you tear you turn lemonade out of lemons right I think this opens the door for Lana and Rusev to launch what could be the most successful web series since being the elite. I mean, think about it. Total Rusev day, right? No, no executives, just Lana and Rusev doing a 10 to 15 minute web series each week. 
uh, from them. Completely their own edit, what they think is funny, what they think is good. I would, I would be very entertained to see that program. I mean, yeah, if they get away with doing it, <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> Whatever, man. Everybody else in WWE's got their own side projects now. Even Hawkins and Ryder got their own podcast. You're telling me Lana and Rusev can't do a web series right. together, you know? <laughs> um, well, Hawkins and Ryder also don't win. <laughs> but then again, I guess... Rusev's Rusev not on pay-per-views. He's like kickoff shows, you know? Yeah, I mean, if he keeps losing, I guess what's the where, where's the risk at? Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're entertaining. I, I'll put it this way. I guess... To the to the phrase of you know, turn, make it make it into lemonade. Uh, you know, Rusev and Lana, they'll they'll do the most they can with uh, if they're if they're asked to be heels, they'll 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 do the best they can and they'll take the you know the fan. You know, I mean, I certainly when I tweeted about this earlier this week, <clears throat> there was no shortage. Uh, it was it was it was split. There were no shortage of people that came to the aid and said, yeah, you know, this this sucks. You know, Lana and Rusev are really good. There was no shortage of people that said, oh, they're terrible. Whatever. So, you know, Lana and Russo will have no problem running with any heat that they have. Um, you know, it's just a matter of how, how committed WWE wants to be with it. You know, do they want to actually get back behind this um, or is it just is it just throwaway? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, in former Total Divas news, our own Scott Fishman was talking to Eva Marie, who has confirmed calls and texts with WWE. Justin. Now, she says she was not asked to be part of the Women's Rumble. But she has talked to them. There have been ideas, and she thinks she can bring the heat and would love to come back and shake things up. Are you pro Eva Marie's return to the WWE roster? Uh, you know, I, I'm. I am I, simply because of this, um, and even more, even more so than when she left. Like when she left, I mean, you know, she was a heat magnet. Again, I'm not going to get into the whole, uh, you know, oh, it's it's go away heat. She people booed her. Okay. Um, but she was also, she, while people booed her, um, she was somebody who did exactly what they wanted from the reality shows. I would run into people who would tell me they, you know, I'm talking like housewives or, or people that weren't regular wrestling fans who knew who she was because of the reality shows, because of her hair, because of stand out, whatever, whatever. So she gets a little bit of an attraction done. And now that there's more than ever this women's revolution feel, there's this, you know, obviously, we, you know, women, you know, might main event WrestleMania, and we got tag titles, and, and, and probably a women's show eventually coming. And because she kind of, it's a little bit of the Mandy Rose effect, it's a little bit of what they wanted Emma to do with Emelina, which she wouldn't do. It's kind of like, here, here's the, here's the, I don't want to say the anti-women's revolution, but okay, here's somebody that, that, that here's an antagonist to it. Here, here's somebody who, um, no, she did not work the indies for years on in, um, you know, yes, even where he's coming from Hollywood. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's just a natural kind of fit. She just, you, it, you don't throw away. If you have somebody who can draw that much heat and people want to see, but also see get beat up, that doesn't come around every day, especially in today's age where everybody wants cool heels. So, yeah. um, I'm not saying I want her to come back and wrestle main event WrestleMania, but if they can, uh, be in they're devoting time to women on their programming, mm -hmm. uh, I think if they can be smart about it, yeah, why not? I, I'm with you. I see a spot for Eva Marie. Um, I got, I got an idea. What if they paired Eva Marie with Baron Corbin? It's like an on-screen couple. I really. Oh God. Mm -hmm. Fire extinguishers needed there. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's. I mean, just. The, the, I mean, you know, I don't. I don't know. You're just thinking can... about it right now. I love that I can like vision. I can hear you thinking about Eva Marie and Baron Corbin as like an on-screen tandem. Well, I don't know if you could. I don't know if you could go the romantic route just because. Doesn't need to. They did such, 
Yeah, just because they did such a thing about, well, I mean, her husband's become so well known through the reality shows with her. But yeah, I think you could put him as like if you wanted them to be like business, like business associates. I think absolutely. Oh, oh my god! god. <laughs> right? I even like while you were talking, I was thinking, I was like, what if Baron Corbin came out and was like, "I'm a smart businessman. I've decided to take an investment in the women's revolution, and I'm bringing in one of the greatest women's wrestlers of the past twenty years to reinsert themselves in the division, and I'll be working as their manager." And he brings out Eva Marie. Oh my god! What a great idea. I, the booze will be deafening. It, it, we, it would probably be the greatest string of booze continuously since uh, what, when Elias we shot down. I think they're in Seattle. Was it what we shot down the, the best? I think it was Seattle. But there was a there was a week where Elias had like a, a two minute run of, of of booze from the crowd because he was doing the cheap heat thing. That would probably be what uh, Baron Corbin and Eva Marie would be. Oh, God. I love it, just thinking about it. Um, well, uh, speaking of the women's division, uh, Becky Lynch uh, responded to her suspension from Monday Night Raw on Twitter yesterday, writing, complete and utter bullshit. I apologize for the profanity. Um, Seth Rollins then, this was like one of the most trafficked things on the website yesterday, so I felt I had to bring it up. Seth Rollins called out Becky Lynch's use of uh, profanity as a desperate attempt to try to be edgy. Um just kind but of, he didn't name her. We're spe- we're assuming he never named her, correct? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think by name. I'd have to go back and look at it. But people really took a took a shine to this. They I, I don't know why people were so fascinated by Seth Rollins, you know, saying that going and using profanities is is a desperate attempt to, to remain edgy. I don't know. Well, people freaked out about it because these are t- if in fact that's what he meant. If he if he was referring to her, let me find. I'm almost positive. Um, if he if he referred to her, <clears throat> people probably gravitated to that because here's. Two of the big baby faces of the company. You know, odds are, if you're a big Seth Rollins fan, you're probably a big uh, Becky Lynch fan. So to have one in real life call out the other one, um, it's kind of like, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I mean, if, if in fact that's who he was talking about, then yeah, I mean, I, I get people's interest in that. Okay, all right. Well, I'm, I'm trying to pull up. Here we go. Seth Rollins calls out Becky Lynch for adult language. I think he called her out directly. Uh, Becky wrote, um, okay, Rollins. Becky wrote complete another should. No, oh no, he didn't call her out directly. He just said, "Should, no, he I, didn't. should I start we swearing all, in my post?" We all just, seem, yeah, yeah, we all just we all just assumed it. And that's what the headline was, which was Seth Rollins might have called, you know. But he never named uh-huh. her. But again, if we're going to assume that it's her, yeah, I understand why that's a story. There's a question mark at the end here. Seth Rollins calls out Becky Lynch for adult language? Question mark. Okay, all right, I'm fine with that. Um, but yeah, do you? Th- what do you think though? Do you think that you know, in in the era now, are you okay with a profanity here and there? Or do you think because you know they're a family product, like you don't need to go there to get that heat? Or whatever you're trying to do. I mean, I don't mind it, especially because, especially because it's Becky and like she has, um, she's committed. Like ever since this, ever since the man, you know, she's committed. Her social media, she has not dropped character. Um, yeah. Everything from, you know, referring to Ronda Rousey as Ronnie, and, and I mean, all the, all the back and forth she's had with Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey, and um, she, you know, I, she stays so committed to Twitter and her social media persona. I don't mind it because it's from her. I could see if like somebody else randomly out of character did it. Yeah, I mean, I could. I guess I could see like, okay, it's kind of random. But uh, I think she's she's really living the gimmick, and she's the hottest and most focused character WWE has right now. So I guess if anybody's going to get the <clears throat> the pass to to do that, I think it would be her. Uh, I got two quick notes here at the end. I'll get to you, but before I do, I got to ask you. Like, I haven't talked to you since Monday night. What did you think about Becky Lynch actually apologizing to the authority on Monday? Um, I, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I guess it'll be fine. I mean, look, it's it's a weird promotion of like a whole night of like 
is she going to say sorry? Is she going to say sorry? But when you look at it through the context of Becky Lynch just swallowed her pride for a minute just to say sorry, just so she can go kick some ass, and and then gets everything trumped by Vince just coming out saying, screw all that. I am the man. I override everything, even my daughter and son-in-law. And here's Charlotte. Um, in that context, I don't mind it. Like, had Becky just said, I'm sorry, Rousey attacked her or something like that. Yeah, that would have made her seem... That would, that, that would have kind of killed some of the Becky Lynch aura and vibe that the man has. But because she just very reluctantly sat on it for three hours, very reluctantly did it just so she could get her damn title shot, and then got screwed by basically somebody just coming in and pulling an executive order, I'm okay with it. Um, I'm on the side of the fence, but whatever. You can go back and listen to my comments from yesterday. I just wanted yours. Uh, Wrestling Observers reporting the uh, original New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, Kenny Omega plans were to have him headline Madison Square Garden against Okada for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, but those plans changed when Omega started to talk to WWE and AEW. At that point, the title was put back onto Tanahashi, and when Omega officially signed with AEW, Jay White was given the title, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, which happened just this past weekend, and was uh, apparently given Kenny Omega's booking plans. So uh, it has been announced that Jay White will headline, or at least have the New Japan Pro Wrestling match headline of the night at the Madison Square Garden show. He's going to defend the title against the winner of the New Japan Cup, and uh, if they continue with the booking plans they had for Omega, it would likely be uh, Jay White versus Okada in the main event of Madison Square Garden um, to keep with the booking they had for Omega. For all you New Japan fans out there, uh, a little insight. Man, what a, what a little topsy-turvy move there they had to do in New Japan. Um, we'll see how it pays off. And lastly here, AEW has officially announced that Dr. Britt Baker uh, versus Nyla Rose versus Kylie Ray is going to be uh, happening at Double or Nothing. This card is starting to really flush out. I, I can't imagine there's too many more matches left to announce. Uh, but Cody Rhodes will apparently be taking on a mystery opponent. Now, this guy just had surgery uh, like yesterday. So I'm, I'm guessing it was minor surgery because he'll apparently be up and running here uh, by May. But a lot of fun stuff you could do with Cody. Uh, any number of fantasy opponents that could pop up here between now and May. So I'll be interested to see who they pair him off with. At this time, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show one half of the brand new MLW Tag Team Champions. It is Davey Boy Smith Jr. Davey, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me here today. Yes, uh, Nick, thank you very much for having me, and uh, always a pleasure getting to chat with you. Oh, of course. Now, it's, this is exciting. Now, you you are like a prolific tag team artisan, I feel like, at this point. You've held gold nearly everywhere you've ever gone in the tag team division. How does it feel right now to be the current MLW tag champs with your cousin, Teddy Hart? Uh, you know, certainly it's uh, a great honor to win, you know, <clears throat> another tag team championship uh, with MLW. And um, this one means a lot to me, especially because uh, I'm teaming up with my cousin, Teddy Hart, and we both grew up together, him being my cousin, and we both trained in the dungeon, and we both did all of our, uh, you know, loops of uh, house shows on the some of the nasty Indian reservations in uh, <laughs> northern Alberta and all over Canada, and then some of the, uh, the great times like... Uh, doing this with MLW too. So, uh, you know, it's really cool being able to have held, you know, the tag team championship in WWE before Tyson Kidd, who was a longtime friend and uh, now with Teddy Hart. So it's, uh, it's really awesome. And uh, thank you to MLW for giving me the opportunity. 
Yeah, and you know, what is it like? I mean, you you you've had such great tag team partners. How is it different tagging with Teddy? I mean, how does that affect uh the the tag team chemistry working with him? <laughs> well, doing anything with Teddy's going to be totally different, right? So, uh no, yeah, he's uh you know, I I feel that we have um we have a lot of great natural chemistry. Uh, you know, nothing really needs to be forced or it's like, um, I guess ideas kind of just come together. You know what I mean? Like even us doing the doomsday destroyer and, you know, Teddy's big on doing the Canadian destroyers and stuff. And I said, well, why don't we do something unique? Like, uh, at first we thought about trying to do it out of a heart attack, but that didn't work. Uh, the guys the other way, but then I thought, well, like LOD style. So, um, you know, Teddy, he's, uh, we're both a big fan of our four-legged friends, cats and dogs. And it was really cool being able to take a bulldog down to the ring in uh, Philadelphia as well. And Teddy has, uh, I think it's Mr. Velvet or Mr. Bigglesworth he's got now. I think it's Mr. Uh, Velvet. He's on Mr. And, uh, Velvet. Mr. Velvet currently. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's it's really uh, it's really awesome. Um, now, how is how is Teddy doing right now? I mean, I I I feel like Teddy's had a roller coaster of a life. He's been literally all over the place, sometimes on the run. I mean, how is he feeling right now? In your opinion, is this like the clearest headed you've seen Teddy in some time? Yeah, you know, I think that he had uh, a couple of rough um, experiences over the past couple of years. And uh, I think that it, it was, you know, it wasn't a good thing that it happened, but I think it smartened him up a bit. And he's, uh, I think he's tamed down a little bit, uh, matured a you know, a bit with his behavior and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, he definitely, uh, he's definitely a lot, um, you know, I, I've never had any issues with Teddy myself, uh, yeah. being my cousin, but I can see how promoters or other wrestlers when things get happening. And it's probably a lot of the times wasn't, uh, exactly Ted's fault either, but that being said, anyway, um, I think that he had some bad experiences, but it was a kind of a good thing. And I think that he's grown up and matured, and uh, like I said, he's he's on a good path now. Um, I, d- I don't think that MLW would have had the faith in Ted to put the titles on him if they still thought he was maybe uh, unstable or, you know, no. going to be a head case. So uh, that's that's a good thing that they showed faith with him as well. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> you know, I'm happy to see it. He has two titles right now in MLW. It's not like they just put one on him. He's got uh, the middle Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. He has two, yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. So. Um, well, and of course he's not, and, not... and I think, and I think when, uh, when Teddy's in there with the right opponent, you know, he's, uh, like I said, I think he's one of the <clears throat> world's most naturally like gifted as far as raw natural talent that you can't, uh, you almost can't even get from training in the ring or training in the weights or he just has, he has a special way that he does things in the ring. So, uh, as far as natural talent goes, I don't think that there's anybody better than him. Um, well, the last time he just I... needs the right things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, the last time I talked to you, I don't think that you had actually like uh, seen much of Brian Pillman Jr. Um, I know you guys are quickly, obviously, becoming fast friends here. He's part of the Heart Foundation. What it, what's it been like getting to to know Brian and, and work with him in the New Heart Foundation? Yeah, you know, Brian is uh, he's coming along pretty good. Um, uh, you know, he's uh, he's under. I think he's under a lot of pressure because he's being presented with a lot of uh, opportunities and high profile matches, which this early on in his career is, uh, <clears throat> is a, is a hard thing to, you know, 
uh, especially with his dad's legacy and everything, um, is not an easy thing to do. So he's, he's working hard. He's trying, he's learning. Uh, he's improved a lot compared to the last time or the first few times I'd seen him. Um, and I think that, uh, all he needs to do is just keep working hard. Don't get a big head. Um, listen to guys like myself and, and I'm, I think Ted's given him some good advice as well. And it would be nice to see if Brian could go somewhere like, uh, <clears throat> perhaps the new Japan dojo or somewhere like that to refine his, uh, his basics and uh, fundamentals in the ring, because it's one thing you can get in the ring and, and with the, the TV audience and get that kind of <clears throat> live TV exposure. But I think that he, he needs to work on his basics and his fundamentals right now and focus on those, but he's doing a very good job. And uh, I'm glad that he's, uh, you know, he's got a, a pretty good attitude and everything. So I think he keeps it up. And uh, like I said, the heart foundation, we're just, the sky's the limit for us. So, um, I can't wait for the future. I'm sure you've got to be able to relate a lot to what he's dealing with. Obviously, with your famous father, the legacy. I mean, it's almost it's almost mirroring, you know, what you guys uh, are, are experiencing right now. I mean, what kind of advice are you giving him right now as he as he's making his way into the business? Uh, well, I just you know I told him you know I uh, I've told him you know just focus on your opponent when you're in the ring. Of course, there's times for showmanship and stuff like that. And I've seen a lot of these guys where they they play off to the crowd way, way too much. And you should, uh, like, if you ever turn your back on me in the ring like that, I'm going to make sure that you're going to uh, pay for it. So I, I told him that. I said, you know, make sure your wrestling in there is, is, <clears throat> is snug and stiff and solid. Stay away from the slapping the leg crap because everybody's doing it. And it's just a... Uh, 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 a cheap way of because your technique isn't that good that you want to make a noise and it's all monkey see monkey do and nobody <clears throat> nobody really knows what they're doing so uh, I told him to stay away from that and the basic thing is to keep it everything basic and as long as you keep it basic you can build off that but once you start making things too complicated in the ring not only are you confused but the audience is confused you know what I mean yeah. and you got to give uh, you got to give the fans Enough, but just enough for them to digest. Not too much where they're where they're almost too sick from eating too much of the uh, filet mignon and lobster or something. You know what I mean? Just enough to uh, suppress their appetite for the time being. I got you. But he's doing a good job with listening to me. So good. Well, I'm, not, I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy you guys have all found each other. I remember a year ago thinking to myself how cool it would be if if you all came together, and, and here you are just. Stealing, yeah, stealing I remember you texted me about that. I, I agreed. You know. <laughs> so yeah. Hey, for sure. I was like, all the pieces are here. You got two actual heart. I mean, you got a pilbit, you got a heart, you got a Davy over here. I mean, the pieces are coming together. Yeah, you got cats and dogs. You know, you got everything. Oh, it's great. <laughs> um, you guys had a, a real fun match when you won the title against the Lucha Brothers. 2300 Arena, by the way. I watched that match back again this morning. I love the feel of that place. Have you had a chance to, to ever do the old ECW Arena? Have you played there before? Uh, yeah, you know what? I did. Um uh, a couple times before, but this one is obviously the most special. Uh, being live on TV for BN Sports there was really awesome. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you, like myself, Nick, uh, growing up, I admittingly was a huge uh, fan, or I guess you could say Mark, we're all Marks in a way, sure. of the old ECW. And uh, I guess that they renovated it a little bit over the years, but it's still, uh, 
you can feel the atmosphere and the ambience inside of there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember being a teenager here in Calgary and waiting to get, because uh, we used to always do the tape trading stuff. Yeah. And waiting to get tapes from, you know, uh, our video or from my friend or from some random guy on the internet and from all the old ECW stuff. So it was really cool and, um, you know, a huge, uh, um, what a great moment it was to win the, the tag team championships there as well. And then later on in the night, uh, me and Brian Tillman Jr. got to face the Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman, which was fun also because, I, like I said, I grew up watching those guys on TV as well. And uh, my dad had wrestled with Sam in the old ECW when it was Eastern Championship Wrestling. Wow. So maybe in that same arena, too. Yeah, crazy, huh? Probably. Yeah, that's why I was like, before we get to the Lucha Brothers, let's talk about the actual venue first. Because, like, when I think the Hart Hart family, I don't think ECW, like, Philly. I didn't really know if you had much of a a relationship uh, with that building or not. But that's really cool to hear about your dad and Sandman back in the day. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, man. Yeah, Yeah, I I think it was he was doing the... uh, like the surfer Sandman gimmick no. at the time. Sure. I don't think he had become the, uh, yeah, the other Sandman. <laughs> I gotcha. Um, yeah, I got to, yeah. I actually got to see it about a year ago. I was there and, uh, it's, it's very, it's like the way they've cleaned up the bar area in the front, I think it's really cool too. If you ever get to stop by, it's, it's nice, it's a pretty nice venue now. Um, let's talk about the Lucha. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's cool, man, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Let's talk it's about cold the cold there too. It well, is cold. Not as cold as Calgary, but yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you about the Lucha Brothers. Man, you are, uh, like I said, synonymous with tag team wrestling at this point. Um, what is it like? What, yeah. what do you What do you think of these guys, the Lucha Brothers? They've just taken everybody by storm here. Yeah, you know they're uh, they're very talented. Um, you know, we had a kind of an interesting match with them. Uh, you know, they like to hit hard, so I like to hit hard back, and uh, I think you probably saw that in the match a couple I, times. I did. Um, but you know what? They're talented. Um, I would like to get a chance to wrestle with them again because, uh, you know, sometimes the first time you wrestle with somebody, like, it's always good to, um, but then again, sometimes you wrestle with somebody the first time and it clicks, but there's other people you wrestle the first time and it's all right. And then you build off that and you kind of learn what their style is and they learn what what you do in the ring. And then you build off that and then matches become better and better. Um, uh, so I, I hope that we get a chance to do another tag team match. I thought it was very good. I just I think that it could be even better. You know what I mean. So hopefully we get that chance to do that again soon. Yeah, I'd like to see you guys. And get... Teddy and I will. We're fighting champions. We will give them a tag title shot whenever, whenever they're ready for it. Wonderful. Very nice of you. Um, yeah, I would love to see you guys work yeah. together again. I thought that was a great match. I would love to see you get a little bit more time. You guys. Uh... Won that, you know, relatively quickly there. It'd be nice to see you guys get a little bit more time to, to work together in the ring. Um, what do you Yeah, th- well, and, and that was the thing was when we, when we started the match, I wanted to get started with the match right away because it's live on TV. And, you know, they I obviously have a fan following, but uh, they were playing to the crowd a lot at the beginning before the match started. And it was kind of getting antsy and I wanted to get things started because uh, I'd like for the fans, especially the live on TV, to see the action not you know, uh, singing and dancing at the crowd and doing that kind of crap. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting because like style is so style is so important right now. Cause like the, the pro wrestling market right now, it's just very crowded. It's more crowded than I've ever seen it in my entire life. Like, what do you think that MLW? Yeah, is... you're right. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. I know I'm right. Uh, but yes, but what do you think MLW, what do you think MLW is doing 
to like stand out from the pack a little bit right now. I mean, the, the production quality is obviously very good, but I don't know if you think there was anything else. Um, production is very good, and that is very important. Um, no, I think that it's like I think that they're giving like the low key and um, Tom Waller match. Like I think that they're going back to a little bit more of an MMA based style there, and I think Tom Waller is a very good uh, champion for them. But I think that you know you got like they've they've kind of. What I think that they've done is that they've signed a bunch of talent like myself, Teddy Hart, Brian Pillman Jr., uh, I believe Loki, uh, Tom Waller. I, I'm not sure who else they've signed, but they've the guys that they've signed, they're using on a regular basis and um, focusing on them and you know publicizing them to the audience. Uh, whereas you know a lot of companies, because they don't sign guys to contracts and there's not really any direction, it's like you see a guy one week and then all of a sudden he's gone the next week. And it's hard to follow up with storylines, you know what I mean? So being a fan, you know, you want to watch the good athleticism in the ring, but you also want to see storylines and stuff continued on. Uh, And they're, they're doing some cool stuff. Like they're going back to the old ECW arena. Mm -hmm. Um, They had the Sandman on there, which was really cool. I mean, his, his entrance there, my gosh, I mean, the fans are just, they're still as loud as ever for that guy. And it's really cool to see. So, you know, it brings back some of the old school and, um, like I said, just kind of keeping it basic and, and, uh, you know, they have a lot of good guys backstage, uh, Lee Conan, um, of course, Court Bowers had a lot of experience, sure. uh, you know, Samu from the wild Samoans. So he's been popped in and out a few times. Bruce Pritchard was there. I don't know what happened there, but he's, uh, obviously a great, um, mind for the business as well. So these guys, they all have experience and they all know what they're, t- they're talking about. So it's good to listen to them and, uh, you know, go out there and uh, have a good show. Yeah, and, you know, they've done some controversial stuff, too. You know, they did that ice angle. I think Conan may have stabbed somebody. I mean, is that the kind of stuff that, you, uh, uh, that you're that you a fan of? Do you think it's good they're, they're going to those lengths to, to do some of that stuff? You know what? I I don't know. Uh, if, it, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it's not uh, – I mean, I would rather see that than some of the – uh, crap that's on like uh, this, uh, I don't want to even get into it but uh, at least you know that's it's a serious thing right so yeah. um, I, you know what I'm not really sure it is a little, little bit of a touchy subject but uh, at least they followed through with the, with the angle you know Conan hasn't been on TV for quite some time right. so it's not like he just came back on TV the next week after being you know stabbed or whatever so right. um, We'll just, I guess time will tell. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, let me ask you about, uh, you are obviously the, the Hart Foundation. You, Brian, and Teddy, um, there's a rumor now that, I guess, the Hart Foundation, Brett, uh, Anvil, and Jimmy could be going into the Hall of Fame. It's not confirmed yet. Uh, I didn't know if you wanted to, to comment on that, and what do you think if that's the choice, the decision to not include, obviously, your dad, uh, Pillman's father, and uh, Owen as well? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I, I'm not really sure. Like, I think that they'll do um, the other entries in separately, like if it's my father, Brian Goldman. Uh, you know, it's great that they're finally inducting Jimmy Amel Neidhart into the Hall of Fame. Why they didn't do it before, I don't know. Uh, you know, of course, nobody's psychic and we can't tell what's going to happen tomorrow, but, you know, 
it would have been nice for Jim have been inducted when he was still alive and he, I'm sure would have appreciated it. And, uh, you know, it could have happened. Right. But, uh, you know, I don't know. People always ask me about when my dad's going into the, into the hall of fame. I, you know what, if I had the answer, I'd tell you, I, I don't know. And, um, you know, who, and when Vince decides to put people in, I, I, it, it really, it doesn't make sense, but also I, I don't know how he, what, what makes him decide that. Cause like, you know, there's some, certain people like even in the company like say terry taylor for instance who i figured he's not in the hall of fame yet but i figured he would have been inducted a long time ago or already because he's hunter's buddy and he's in the company and i think he's actually a good wrestler yeah. uh despite i don't think my dad my uncles liked him too much but that being said he, he he was a good wrestler but but why he's not in there i you know i don't know what makes them decide on certain things or if they have uh a long-term plan that they have written out on who, when they're going to uh, induct people. You know, I don't know, but it's, it's good to see that he's finally being inducted as well already, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's great. I don't know if I'll be there or not. I'm not exactly sure. And I'm not, I don't know if they're inducting all three of them as like the heart foundation, or if it's just Jim with Brett and I'm sure Natalia will be up there sure. on stage inducting him as well. So I don't. I don't know any details about that yet. I'm just wondering. Um, are, have you ever have you talked to? Yeah. yeah. Have, have you talked to Brett or maybe even Jimmy Hart about joining the Hart Foundation in MLW? Has that come up? Uh, no. You know what? It hasn't. But um, Court and I, we kind of kicked the idea around about Jimmy Hart coming and joining us, but it wasn't. Uh, there's been nothing concrete about it. But I think it would be really cool. You know, he was uh, a manager of the original Hart Foundation and. And I'm sure he would be uh, be glad to do it. So yeah, yeah. Well, if it he... has been talked about, just nothing serious. But yeah, for sure. I mean, that's you know, you don't just you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Just uh, you know, go back and look at the old, but what worked, and do it again. So that, I think that'll be really cool if it does happen. Oh man, you Teddy, Jimmy Hart. That's a lot of fashion in one ring. In Pillman too. That's a lot of fashion right there. Yeah, that's. That's right. You know, I've been uh, I've been dipping into the Teddy Hart fashion a little bit myself, and uh, coming up with some cool ideas and new outfits and stuff like that, and getting stuff made from Mexico as well. So, yeah, that would be well. Geez, we could come up with our own fashion line, huh? Yeah, you could. <laughs> yeah, the Hart family fashion line. Now, wait, have you? Aren't weren't you like weren't you going to start your own fashion line, or have you started your own fashion line already, or no? Uh, you know what? I haven't. I've kind of joked about it, but it, it's not a bad idea, actually. I, um, I, I talked with Teddy about it a little bit, but uh, he's got a lot of cool ideas for for gear and and for uh, for clothing and stuff like that. And the, you know, the thing that I like about that's fun for me is because it's really hard for me to find stuff that fits me. And I'm not trying to say I'm like Andre the Giant, but I have a like my like with certain jeans and stuff like that. They could be um, they're usually always, cause I got huge calves, but my legs are kind of short and then a little a, a bit wider in the hips. So it is hard for me to find stuff. So when you can custom make your own stuff and it's comfortable and you can travel in it, well, you know, Hey, why not? Right. So, yeah, I guess, I, um, it's but fun. yeah, we're, we're him and uh, Teddy and I, yeah, we've been, we talked about it, just nothing serious, but, uh, yeah, it's like, 
I think it would be really cool. Maybe I'll talk to court and see if we can get some kind of clothing line made up. You know, what do you think of the mullet? Do you like the Pillman mullet? I mean, that's like a dated look. Are you a fan of it? Uh, you know what? I am. Uh, I am because it's different and it's it it kind of suits him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like and 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 the the, the cool thing about it is too is like I'm always big a big fan of guys doing something that's different. And sometimes things are different and they work and they're different because they're good. And then sometimes they're different and they're not good. And that's why they're different. But he's, you know, it, it's, it's a unique look for him. Uh, I almost think he would look weird if he cut it off now. You know what I mean? Cause it's so been so used to seeing him with it, but um, I'm not sure if the mullet would uh, suit on my head. I'm not, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Oh, I didn't even think about I'm that. I'm not sure if I, if I got the hair for it. <laughs> oh, I want to see Teddy in yeah. a mullet, too. I just want to see, a, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, it's a good idea. I don't know if he had yeah, the hair for, for sure. it. He looks like he's thinning a little bit. I don't know if he could grow out the mullet. I don't know. Um, yeah, that might be a problem. Uh, I'll make it back to Lucha Brothers real fast. Lucha Brothers, MJF, Jimmy Havoc, MLW has talent that is not, I mean, you, you say guys are signed to contracts, but obviously there's still some people working different promotions. Their MLW, Lucha Brothers are MLW, Impact Wrestling, and now AEW all at the same time. Um, you, of course, are MLW and New Japan Pro Wrestling at the same time right now. Have you also had a... Have yeah. you Have you been approached by AEW? Are you talking to these guys? What do you make of this AEW thing? Uh, no, I haven't spoken to anybody there yet. Um, I think that it's awesome that they've... Uh, they've created something in, in something new and, and different. And I hope that it's a fresh breath of air for, uh, the wrestling, uh, you know, for the wrestling world, you know, something that's, you know, just a different alternative and Hey, competition is always a good thing, right? For WWE and whoever else that keeps things interesting and keeps things more exciting. Uh, so it sounds like they have a lot of money cause they've been signing guys to, uh, apparently pretty good contracts. Um, I haven't been contacted by them, but if, uh, if I were to be, you know, I'd have to, I, I don't know what the situation is in New Japan. It, it seems that, uh, they're not really working with AEW, which is too bad because, you know, guys like the Young Bucks and Kenny, they were, um, featured stars in, in New Japan. And then when they've, they've started their own company, it seems that, uh, they, things have kind of split, but, um, so I, I'd have to look into, you know, what would, would be the best situation for myself. But you know what? I wish them all the best. Uh, I would like to be a part of it if, we, if there's interest and if there's a, um, a situation that I could be in there. But I, I don't know if it would be if it would work with New Japan. I, I'm not sure. So, yeah. You know, it's just it's yeah. right now. It's such a buyer's market. You know, it's like I got to ask everybody, you know, like, hey, who's who's talking to what? Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh. You know the business is really uh, there's it gets really hot right now for like you said like uh, almost an overabundance of of uh, companies and talent and you know there's there's all kinds of places to go that's for sure. Yeah, I mean for you looking around and seeing the climate as healthy it is, it's got to bring some peace of mind to you, I would think, right? Oh yeah, for sure. You know, and, and uh, yeah, that I haven't. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to see the AEW stuff yet. Uh, I've seen pictures on Twitter, whatever, but um, hopefully in the next week or so, I'll be able to catch up and check that out. 
Yeah, it's just been press conferences up to now. And the Lucha Brothers did give a package oh, pile it, driver. Yeah. So, so, yeah. That's what it was. I saw something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, New Japan, uh, Ring of Honor are teaming up Madison Square Garden uh, weekend. Are you going to – I know you've got the April 4th MLW Fusion tapings in Queens, which is uh, very cool and exciting. Um, are you going to be part of the, the Madison Square Garden show as well that weekend or no? You know what? I haven't been um, I haven't been asked about it, so I'm going to say no. Uh, I will be doing the Josh Barnett Blood Sports Show on the fourth as well. Whoa! Um, I just he has he hasn't announced it yet or announced my opponent, but we've talked and uh, it looks like I'm gonna go for it. But we haven't we haven't decided who the, the right opponent would be. So oh, whoa! I'm uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, dude, that's where I'll be at that show. Uh, I'm a big fan of the GCW guys. Um, do you, you did you see Bloodsport last year? You know what? I didn't. know. <sighs> do you know what? Like you know the gimmick is where they take all the ropes away, right? And it's just like an open canvas of just like yeah. Uh, and then Noru Suzuki wrestled Matt Riddle. Is that correct? That is correct. The main event: Suzuki Matt Riddle. Yeah. Yeah. He told me about it, but he I, I didn't I haven't seen it yet. But yeah, it looks like a, I'm really looking forward to that as well. I mean. Uh, I'm just curious who the uh, who the opponent's going to be. So I'll be training hard for it, and uh, yeah. I'm glad that Josh is doing something uh, creative and, and new. And um, you know, it's just because there's going to be so much action happening that WrestleMania weekend, and uh, and everything. It's kind of cool to have like something totally different, like a blood sport event that the fans can go to and see. Because um, yeah, man, those weekends are busy. Holy smokes. Man, I don't know how, I don't know how happy Brett over at GCW is that you just gave that away, but whatever, I don't care. That's awesome, man. I'd love to see you in like uh uh definitely Tom Lawler. You and Tom Lawler in that environment would be incredible. Um uh, but they got Dan Severn on yeah. that card. Well like like, like I know. said, we we've talked about it, it just hasn't been announced, so I don't yeah. know who like it should happen, but if it doesn't, I mean but that's that's what's supposed to happen. But yeah. Okay. All right. Two two last things I wanted to ask you about here, Harry. I didn't even realize we've been going nearly half. Sure. Now. Apologize. Um, what do you think of the New Japan's decision that last night Jay White was crowned the IWGP Heavyweight Champion? What do you think of the decision to strap the rocket to him right now? Uh, well, um, I don't know. You know, uh, it makes well. You know what? I it it makes sense because they've had a lot of talent that's left to AEW. You know, so I think that in their mind they're trying to uh, build new stars. And they may also be even kind of like in a scramble mode where they're like, okay, we've got to make somebody right now because we've lost Kenny, the Young Bucks, Cody, uh, Trent Beretta, whoever else. Um, so it makes sense. Um, I think Jay's a pretty solid wrestler. He's very smooth in the ring. Um, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a big decision to, to do, you know, to put the title on him that's that soon but you know i guess that they're in that situation where they want to make somebody so um i think main thing for jay is he just got to watch out right now and just not get hurt because always that seems to be what happens is guys they they get the big push and they're you know they're going pedal to the metal they're going hard and then they get uh they get some kind of injury that sidetracks them so hopefully he stays healthy and um i wish him all the best with it and uh hopefully new japan made the right decision so i guess we'll just time will tell so mm-hmm. uh and lastly here i wanted to ask you about uh your other cousin uh natalia uh i having i think uh the biggest run of her career right now um working with ronda rousey 
she in my I mean I I think over time will be looked back on as somebody who really gave more for this women's revolution in WWE than most. I just want to get your take on on the work she's doing right now and the fact that she's finally getting to to shine kind of brightly on the WWE screen. Yeah, you know what? That's that's really awesome to hear. Um, you know, I'm glad that WWE's uh I guess uh not to say got their head out of their ass, but they've finally given on uh, Natty the right push and uh, the right opportunity and the right opponent. Like although pro wrestling experienced is a little bit limited. She's a real class uh, martial artist and uh, really, really tough girl. So, um, and a real natural when it's come to pro wrestling so far. So I think that it's great to see that. And, uh, you know, Natty really deserves it. And, uh, you know, they should have been doing that with her a long time ago and, even myself and, and Tyson Kidd had they given us the right opponents and actually given us some uh, push and some faith, but they decided to do it now for whatever reason. And but that's uh, that's great to see. Natalia has been doing awesome with it, and uh, like I said, she's I haven't seen one time where she's uh, been out with even with injuries and stuff like that. She's been fighting and been on the road for you know, oh gosh, like over 10 years. And uh, she, I don't even think she barely took any time off when when her father Jim passed away. So that that says a lot right there. And uh, yeah, I'm very, very, very proud of her and uh, happy that she's had the success there. So yeah, I, I just think it's great. You know, I just, back when I used to do, you know, Brett's podcast, I remember him just talking all the time about how, you know, Natalia was really the anchor of that division. And this was, you know, years before, maybe a, year, a couple of years before the, the women's revolution thing took off. And uh, it's just great. I just want to hear your take on it. I'm just happy with what she's doing right now. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, are you coming here next uh, next month? MLW will be back in Chicago, Cicero Stadium. Uh, did over at like 1,200 fans, maybe more than that. I forget exactly what the number was. 2,000, big number last time they were here in Chicago. Are you coming? Uh, you coming here next month? I will be there. Yes, uh, for sure. Sweet. Uh, definitely looking forward to it. Um, Chicago has always been a great wrestling city, and I've had uh, a lot of history there, like back when the old uh, Resistance Pro days with yourself and <laughs> many others. Oh, yes. So, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully it will warm up a little bit by then, but uh, uh, if not, that's it is what it is. <laughs> but, oh, uh, man. man. I, I'm uh, I haven't been told who are what I'm doing for the event, but I'm assuming Teddy and I will be uh, defending the tag titles in uh, some kind of capacity or, or another. But I'm, I'm not sure who their opponents they've decided on yet. So okay, cool. Uh, well, hey, hey, uh, Davey, Harry, thank you very much uh, for the time here today. <laughs> um, where do you want to send people to find you and follow you and your many adventures online? For sure. Uh, they can follow me on Twitter at DB Smith Jr. And that's the same for Instagram at DB Smith Jr. Uh, I do have a Facebook, but that's more for friends and family. But uh, and I don't I check it not so much nowadays. Um, but, yeah, you can follow me on either of those two websites. Uh, you can also find uh, a lot of if you're a member um, of the New Japan World NJPWWorld.com. And you can get a membership there and watch uh, the uh, any of the newest uh, stuff I've done for New Japan. Um, you know, actually, I'll make, make mention of this. I had a match there a couple of weeks ago in uh, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, against a um, 
uh, Alex Coughlin kid from the LA dojo. Okay. And I hope that that match gets, um, it was aired. It was just the house show for new Japan that they had, but, um, they filmed it and I think it's supposed to air on new Japan world, but I really liked the match. And, uh, you know, I hope that fans get to see some of my single stuff. And, um, I have to say that I see a lot of great potential in this Alex Kuzman kid. He's uh, he's got a great look, good physique. He likes to hit hard, and he's a really good athlete. And uh, I really enjoyed the match, and I gave my handshake after because of uh, respect. So hopefully fans can see that match. Hopefully it gets aired soon. And uh, yeah, any other matches of mine and from New Japan, you can check out on there as well. Man, I love that you ended this interview putting somebody over. You're you're such a you're such a class act. You know that? Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> you know what? And if and if somebody does deserve to be put over, I'll always put them over. You know. So, Absolutely. and uh, yeah, that kid, he's he's really good. I think he'll be uh, like an ex Benoit or an ex uh, uh, Brian Danielson or one of those types. He's really good. Thank you all very much for tuning in. Thank you very much to uh, Harry, Davey, whatever you want to call him, for uh, calling in and chatting with me uh, this week. Uh, I will be back tomorrow alongside Justin for another episode of The Winkly. We will have for us our guest, our final guest of the week, the first producer ever for AEW, Billy Gunn, will be on the show. And, of course, Jesse Collings will be back uh, tomorrow with a brand new Views from the Turnbuckle. Um, I want to remind you, once again, if you're in Houston, you got to go. St. Arnold's Brewery, 2.30 start time. Our good friends at the Two-Faced Podcast are hosting a pre-elimination chamber meetup. The podcast starts at 3, games, prizes, so much more. Go drink beer and talk wrestling with our friends at the Two-Faced Podcast. And uh, last but not least, this Sunday after the elimination chamber, we got even more partying going down because we are going to be doing a post-show podcast over on our YouTube channel. It should be Glenn Raj and Matt, I believe. Uh, thank you all for everyone, by the way, who tuned in last night to me and Michael Weissman for jumping in and doing the, the post-Smackdown show I don't do those that often, but there was a whole bunch of scheduling stuff. So, you know, there I was doing SmackDown review last night. Um, so thanks, everybody, for tuning in for that. And uh, that's the end of the show. Justin, where do you want to send people to find you, follow you, support you? Do you have any promotions you want to do? What do you want to do here to close the show? Yeah, go to my Twitter, at Justin Labar, and there's links there. And I'll redirect you. As I said, I have the suite for Hall of Fame, NXT TakeOver in Brooklyn, and Raw after Mania. The TakeOver's already, like, over half gone, so I wouldn't sleep on that. But, like, for about 300 bucks, get you into the suite. Great view of the ring, VIP, no lines. Uh, if you're going to be in Brooklyn and you want to attend those WWE events, uh, take a look at the ticket market, the resale market. You will see that 300 bucks for what I'm saying you'll get uh, is a pretty damn good deal, but it obviously is very limited. So uh, go go check that out on TicketKingOnline.com. And everyone who buys a ticket gets to Indian leg wrestle Justin in the suite. It's incredible. It's a it's you know it's a tradition, you know, and if you can beat him. Uh, I think you I think you get a WWE contract. I'm not really sure how the Indian leg wrestling game works in the suite, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> At least thumb wrestle. <laughs> Dude, I came to Indi- I came to lay down on the ground and hook uh, knees and take you to the ground is what I came to do. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you all again. Uh, I'm Nick Hausman, managing editor. Uh, you can follow me at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. And remember, if you winked. You didn't miss it. <laughs>